Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. After a much-anticipated loss, the Flames are back at the Saddle Dome tomorrow night to face the Vancouver Canucks. And it's Friday, so you know that it is time for our winners and losers of the week. Your Locked On Flames. Your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Jess Valmosto of the Metropolitan Riveters Public Relations Team, as well as uh, just a wide variety of websites covering the NHL for five, six years now (laughs) i lost count honestly how are you today thank you so much for making locked on flames part of your daily routine here we greatly appreciate it and make sure that you are subscribed and listening to locked on flames wherever you get your podcasts free 99 wherever you listen to us and it'll never be anything more than free 99 make sure that you are subscribed on youtube as well and turn on the notifications Uh, Today's flame of the day, I don't have one because I have a headache and I'm uh, not lighting a candle. So (laughs) let's talk about Jacob Markstrom, shall we? Why was he in net last night? Uh, Three games in four days on the second half of a back-to-back. I don't really like this. I think that this, this really leaves a bad taste in my mouth because to me that means that they can't trust Dan Vladar. You know, and that's not where we wanted to be. I thought we were past not trusting our backup goaltender. But, you know, we're just apparently right back at square one there. Why was he starting? I got the Twitter notification from Pat Steinberg. And I was like, that says Markstrom's in net. (laughs) And I just was very confused and kind of uh, hoping it was an early April Fool's joke. And why was he starting? He's not a spring chicken anymore. He he can't bounce back the way that he used to. And I think that expecting that out of um, really any player to bounce back is quite um, a lot. I think that you're not going to get that out of most players, to be completely honest. I think that... uh, Especially a goaltender who is older, but really a goaltender who is facing a lot of shots and a lot of uh, traffic is not going, excuse me, not going to be bouncing back or uh, on their A game the way that they would on the first half of a back-to-back. And I'm not blaming this loss on Markstrom. Let, please let me be clear with that. Um I just I don't think that goaltending played a huge role in this at all. I to be honest, I didn't really watch the game. I watched a condensed version because I was exhausted, <laughs> and I think that the Blues were just hungry, I, and the Flames weren't going to win this regardless of who was in net because the Blues had something to prove, and they wanted their revenge. And they were in their reputation era, if you will. But my my problem here is that they don't trust Vladar. Vladar is going on four weeks now without starting. 
I'm sorry, three weeks without starting. And that to me is not good. You know, he should be getting at least a game every, I don't say every other game, but maybe a game every two or three games. And maybe that's just hard to do right now because of the condensed schedule or sorry, not the condensed schedule where the, the exact opposite actually, when the schedule was so spread out and they were only playing every 10 days. But I think that it's only fair. Excuse me. It's only fair for Vladar to get his reps in. I don't think that it's acceptable at this point. Um, This condensed schedule is just starting and it's going to be leading into bigger issues for Markstrom if he can't, you know, get out in front of this fatigue and injury and possibly burnout. Like, obviously, excuse me, obviously this is all speculation here, but what on earth are we doing when we have a backup goaltender who could have played yesterday, so Markstrom could have had a night off. I'm not sure what Sutter was doing, and I don't want to say that, you know, the players manage the team. But I'm very concerned to have <laughs> Markstrom in net when he's showing signs of fatigue and potential injury. Coming up next, we are going to talk about, we are going to preview this Vancouver Canucks game and what the Flames need to watch out for as they head into this matchup. But you know what they need to also get through their day? Built Bars. Built Bars are a delicious tasting protein bar that everyone needs. They taste like a candy bar and they do not have that gritty sandpapery, powdery, chalky taste that most protein bars have. It honestly, it it's like eating a candy bar. I'm going to be entirely honest. It satisfies my cravings for chocolate. And because I am trying to eat healthier, they are a great substitute for my Kit Kat bars. Okay, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but you can head on over to Built.com today and get your uh, Built Bars at a discounted rate. When you use promo code LOCKED15, yes, built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your orders. They are, uh, they have a wide variety of flavors that come in, all the bars come in 100% covered in chocolate. They're delicious, but, you know, I think my favorite is probably... Oh, God. I really like the orange because it reminds me of this Whitman's chocolate that I used to have all the time as a kid. So head on over to Built.com today and get your box of Built Bars for 15% off at Built.com with promo code LOCKED15. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Flames. Make sure that you are following me on YouTube at Jess Belmosto. If you're watching on YouTube, then uh, just flash across the screen right there. And that's J-E-S-S-B-E-L-M-O-S-T-O. The Flames are heading back home to face the Canucks, who are 19-19-5. How can this team rack up two more points against a 500 team? Okay? A team playing 500 hockey. They, the 
Canucks are coming off of a 5-1 to one win over um, Winnipeg. The Flames are coming off a 5-1 to one loss to the Blues. So both of them have that in common. JT Miller, who is speculated to be moved at the deadline, will be um, someone to definitely watch. He is their point leader with 44, and he also leads the team with 15 goals. I would say that this team has turned it around a lot since Travis Green was fired and they brought in Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, Bruce is a character. You know, I (laughs) I think that he has really helped this team kind of liven up the morale. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of how the culture in Vancouver is um, perceived and how it's a problem. As someone who has worked with a hockey team that has been perceived in a similar notion. Um, More often than not, it's not a culture problem. Um, It's probably just, again, outsiders thinking they know everything and just making really bold assumptions in all honesty. But, you know, if they move some pieces around, could they possibly, I don't want to say rebuild because I I don't know what Vancouver hockey is doing and what their plan is with that. Um, Especially now with Benning fired, but uh, with Emily at the helm now as the AGM, I think it would be very interesting to see what the direction is. So I think their next step is going to have to be trading Yaroslav Halak because once Thatcher Demko comes back from, Injury, Spencer Martin, um, Spencer Martin has been on fire since taking over for him. He has a save percentage of 916 and a, um, below, I believe a below, yeah, below two, um, goals against average. So he's, he's done pretty well in these six games and there's a really good chance that the Flames are going to run into a hot goaltender. Like there's... (sighs) I would be very surprised if the Canucks went out there and put Halak in that. Excuse me. Um, I just think that (laughs) the Flames, sorry, the Canucks are going to end up going with their goaltender. It makes the most sense. Now, I've never coached hockey. I've never coached a sport. Uh, I was the team captain in Capture the Flag and um, always picked the kid I had a crush on first. So that's kind of where my leadership abilities were. Um, But no, I think that it makes the most sense for them to start with Martin. I keep wanting to call him Spencer Knight. His name is not Spencer Knight. (laughs) But I think that the Flames, like right now I'm in the position, like I'm giving the Flames a little bit of grace here. Okay. And it's not because like, I think that they're in a position where they need grace. I think it's because they deserve the credit and respect of me not sending y'all into panic mode and pressing a panic button every time they face an opponent, especially an opponent who is kind of like bottom of the barrel in their division. But I think the first two lines can perform at a level that they need to squeak out a win. Michael Backlund has had goals in two of the last games 
And I think that Mangiapane has kind of gotten himself back into a rhythm. Blake Coleman can do it. And I'm not even going to talk about the first line because it would be such a waste of breath to talk about how good they are and just how just the chemistry. I honestly, I might have to do a whole episode just on the chemistry of that first line because it is just such a beautiful creation that we deserved a very long time ago. (laughs) And I think that it's only fair to give the Flames credit where it's due. And I'm not going to, like, my job as a host is to, you know, make the games more enjoyable for you and to, you know, ease your anxiety about the Flames, (laughs) as well as, like, scream over things that make us scream. But I am just very confident in this team and I don't think that we need to worry after one loss and I've been saying that like all season because they (laughs) one loss is not as detrimental as it was last year number one because you're not trying to rack up all the points in like two weeks compared (laughs) and like a two-week season it felt like and then you know this team can bounce back from a win or from a loss rather much easier than they could last year and give them some credit. You know, they, they're under Daryl Sutter's uh, watchful eye for nearly a year now. And I just think it would be very unfair to say that, you know, they need to like the whole roster needs to be playing at 150%. Like it's the Canucks. I think that they'll be okay. I'm not, gonna panic and make you all panic flames deserve some respect so (laughs) if you would like to place a bet on tomorrow's game i have the perfect place for you and that is bet online ag all you have to do is uh head on over to their freshly designed website on your phone tablet ipad computer whatever internet connected device you have and sign up for a free account today and use promo code Locked on for that 50% welcome bonus after you make your first deposit. It's very easy to do. You can place bets on your favorite sports teams, reality TV shows, politics, you name it. They have it. And they have Vegas casino games as well. So you can have plenty of fun on Bet Online AG. And to maximize your fun, get on over there right now and use promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to get that 50% welcome bonus. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. Make sure you are following me and this podcast wherever you get the podcast. YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Apple, YouTube. You got it. Locked on Flames. So it is Friday, which means it is time for our winners and losers of the week. We are um, switching it up this week. We're going with the winners first. And that is the Flames social media team. So much love for them, okay? I I don't know if there's been, like, a change in direction over there. Like, if there's a new, uh, you know, channel coordinator in terms of, like, social media director or anything like that. But they are having so much fun. And they're giving us a lot of behind-the-scenes content, too, which I think is very fun. I love the little pregame kiss glove kiss ritual between Johnny and Matthew. I think that's, (laughs) it's adorable. And, uh, you know, they're 
telling jokes on social media or on the Twitter feed during the games. They're using Daryl Sutter's react uh, pictures as reaction pictures. And I eat that up. I love reaction pictures. I have a, an entire album on my phone of reaction pictures. <laughs> and if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen like the entire thing at this point. But I think that they're having fun. They're cute. And it's very... Um, fun to follow along with it's not just boring uh stale tweets so you love to see that and I think that anything that involves like a little extra creativity really gets the fans going and we've seen it with accounts like the Colorado Avalanche and the Canes before they went off the deep end uh the Nashville Predators have done it before too before they invited Dave Portnoy yeah you know, but uh, <laughs> my loser of the week um, pretty much falls in line with last week's loser of the week, which is the Edmonton Oilers. You guys know that I love dogging on the Oilers. We dunk on the Oilers any chance we get here, but we need to, like this needs to be taken in a serious note. Okay, so Evander Kane was let go, released, contract terminated from San from the San Jose Sharks because. He had violated COVID protocol. He had many uh, personal issues going on uh, that involved the state of California, like the court systems and everything. And he was cleared from any wrongdoing um, in the breaking of COVID protocol investigation done by the league. Um, Obviously, there, I haven't seen any updates on the court case, but I just like I don't feel comfortable talking about it because of the nature of the custody battle and there's a child involved and it's not I'm not here to uh, disrespect the child and I don't it just doesn't feel right. So, you know, that's being handled in court, uh, but there is a difference between being a Brad Marchand who's a pest on the ice who um likes to fight you know uh like a Zidane Chara who will throw hands when he needs to and actually he like nearly killed Evander Kane one time so that's kind of ironic but you know I think that there's a difference between that and then how you conduct yourself off the ice as well And I'm not talking about his gambling addiction because addiction is a serious thing, regardless if it's a substance, food, television, like there are plenty of things to be addicted to. And unfortunately, gambling is his vice and it has clearly gone too far, but his own teammates didn't come to his defense through anything this season. None of his teammates addressed the media saying, you know, like I've reached out to him. He's okay. Um, You know, he's going through some heavy stuff and he knows that he can call me if he needs anything. Like we've like, you know, that typical rehearsed cliche line that players often feed and extend to players. And there are allegations of abuse and assault that are not 
I don't think that they were ever um, like criminal charges brought upon them, which is a whole other power dynamic issue, but um, they're there and um, obviously innocent until proven guilty, but I think that patterns of behavior establish things that we um, don't get to see on the outside, but when they're brought to the media, we do see them and they're discussed. And I don't think that someone is doing this to go after his contract, his money, anything like that. Uh, to be entirely honest, I think that people, uh, there are very, very low rates of false reporting. And that's, I, I like, I can't, I don't want to get into that. That's not what this podcast is about. But my issue with Evander Kane being back in hockey is that it sets the tone for everyone who follows. It sets the tone for people who are willing to abuse the system, to uh, not be held accountable. Being sent down to the AHL is not being held accountable. Being sent over to Russia to play in the KHL is not being held accountable. Um, It's not a punishment. And I don't think that the league will ever get to the point where they can hold a player, especially a player who is very talented, like Evander Kane, accountable. So... When a team goes out and signs a player for $750,000 and then gives them the six seventy-five dollars in signing bonuses, they let you know. You know, elite, the league minimum doesn't do anything, you know. Um, it, that doesn't matter in this. I think that what matters is a player who has been a continual problem off the ice gets to see another day in professional hockey. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, you know, he got into an argument, you know. I mean, for God's sake, Milan Lucic and his girlfriend back in like 2013 were screaming at each other at one o'clock in the morning outside of a Starbucks in Boston. Do I think Lucic is a bad guy for that? No, just like learn to control your liquor. Like don't throw like your girlfriend under the bus when you're like being talked to by the cops. But, um, you know, I'm talking about the players who have this reputation off ice and it's not a good reputation to have. I'm talking about, you know, like, People can dog on Marchand all they want, but uh, he has he's done a lot for the community and for families in need in Boston. And, you know, he hangs out with Jimmy Hayes' young boys, you know, to, to be a role model and a father figure. Abandoning your wife, who has access to no money, to feed herself or her child, your child, 
Uh, so you can go gamble over in Europe, the supermodel. Um, that's irresponsible. I get it. Divorces happen. And people fall out of love. That happens. But you have a responsibility to live up to and expectations that need to be met. Um, that's really, that's, uh, I don't want this to get like a lot deeper than it needs to be. But um, yes, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. And thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames.